0: stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge.
1: Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined by Zach's stock strategist, Jeremy Mullen, who's also the editor of Zach's newsletter, The Commodity Innovators, to talk about an area I don't think we've really covered in just one episode before, and that is agriculture. What's going on out there with the ag stocks, the agriculture commodities. This is why I'm having Jeremy on today because I'm hoping he knows more about what's going on than I know, but both of us have owned some of the agriculture stocks over the last year in our various Zacks portfolios, and they seem to be hot again to start 2021. So Jeremy, I I was thinking of doing this show, and so I said, Jeremy must be in some something with the Ags, and I go over to look at your Commodity Innovators portfolio, and that, that was just this week here in January of 2021, and I don't see any Ag <laughs> in your portfolio. So I went, ah, maybe I'm getting the story wrong, but um, maybe there's an explanation too about why you aren't in them. So let's talk about that. Like, um, What what do you feel is going on in the ag side of things on the commodities?
0: Yeah. Hey, Tracy, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I got nothing in there. And the reason being is because um, we were in there a few months back. We were in a some ETFs and some individual stocks. And um, we hit some price targets and we we got out and <laughs> it kept running. So yeah. um, uh, it, it's kind of like a, a crazy move in corn and beans, um, so much so that they're calling corn Bitcoin now as really? it continues to go up and up. Yeah, I mean, this is a once in a decade kind of move and you, you just look back to the chart for, for corn, um, The the last time it did something like this and went over five dollars, I guess it went back in 2014. But real the real big move was in 2010 and 11. I mean that's 10 years ago, where it went all the way over eight dollars a bushel. Still a lot of room to go to get to where they were back then. But it's kind of been a perfect storm, and you know, I didn't really see um, the the continuation, which is why we kind of got out and took profits, and uh, now unfortunately. Uh, i'm at a point where i'm waiting for a for a pullback so yeah. um i guess the kind of the good question to ask is why are grain prices rising in the first place right right um so basically uh it, it like i said it's a perfect storm we got shrinking grain supplies weaker than expected harvest uh in the u.s um then you got the combination with strong demand for U.S. exports. Uh, there's a lot of buy-in of, of grains from around the world. Uh, stockpiles are shrinking, and this latest WASD report showed a dramatic drop in yield that was kind of shocking to some people. And now there's fear that production won't meet this demand for another 12 to 24 months. So, you got some analysts saying that we won't uh, return to a plentiful situation till like uh, 2022. And you tie in what's been a, a tailwind for other commodities with the dollar weakness. This is also a factor. And then you got South America, where we have some dry conditions. And it's yeah. they haven't seen rain until today, actually. They finally got some, and we're seeing a sell-off in beans. Um, and uh, Russia, Argentina is doing some um, uh, bans on exports. That doesn't help. And then... Um, you really just have that storm forming together where everything's going right for these grains um, and prices going higher but you know at some point prices will negatively affect this demand so we're going to have to see um, if this can continue Um, and as far as why i don't have any is i want to be a buyer on the pullback so um, i'm going to be looking that for that going
1: forward okay and you said you told me in a separate conversation when we were talking about this that you owned some of the ETFs that track i think they tr- track the futures contracts right on like the soybeans the corn the wheat yeah would you is that the area you want to get back into is that where people should be looking if they want to be like a pure play on what's going on with these commodities
0: yeah, so um, not not many people trade the actual future contracts. They're not sophisticated enough or have a futures account. They just have a brokerage account. So that's kind of where our approach in Commodity Innovators is just, just to go through those individual um, ETFs. So soybeans is S-O-Y-B is a ticker. Uh, corn is C-O-R-N, conveniently and easy to remember. And wheat is wheat without the H. It's W-E-A-T. So there's those those three um Grain specific ETFs. There are some others that combine, but they have re- like really low volumes and uh, I don't really want to throw them out there because just because the, the volumes are too great. And um, those are, are basically where I, what we would target that and individual stocks that might um benefit from these higher uh, grain prices as well
1: okay so is this the type of product that i only want to be in for like a day or a week or is it like a buy and hold type thing for these three
0: yeah it's it's going to be a buy and hold situation for at least a couple of months so okay. we we're in we we're in soybeans uh S O I B um and we got in there late august um and got out um i think september like the end of September, so about a month. And we got like uh I, I think we got a little over 10% in that. Um, so that was just a one month hold, 10%. Now if we would have kept holding it, I think we sold it at like 17 and a half, it's 21 now. So yeah. uh you know, another three months we uh, it would have been up the twenty to twenty-five percent. So there are some great moves in the two to three month month time frame. If, if you're talking about just like playing these on a, a day-to-day or week-to-week basis, it's not like the futures would be where you want to go. These are uh, these are not day trading instruments by any means. Uh, nice. These you just have to be really good at guessing when it's going to rain. <laughs> yeah. okay. which is what moves these markets a lot. And it's going to be impossible for you to do that. So you basically, for these, you want to follow the trend, you want to follow the supply and demand dynamic, and you want to follow the, the technical support, basically. Um, that That's what I look for.
1: Okay. Now, on the individual stock side, that's separate from the commodities, you used to own one of the fertilizers too, didn't you?
0: Yeah, uh, NTR
1: okay. was the ticker. Can,
0: yeah. yeah. Right, right so um that the the march move lower was we went from about 50 to 25 so we started ground, grinding back higher as grain prices started to recover and we got in um about the same time we got into soybeans actually okay. and sold. we held that one a little longer i had targets uh, around 50 and we we got out there it's a little higher than that now so that wasn't a bad one yeah. um but yeah nutrient is Is a a great stock to own. I would like to get back into that one. I thought we would have a pullback um to let me back in, but it hasn't happened. That's the former so if you remember uh potash, pot, and agrium they formed they came together to form like the biggest fertilizer company out there. Um they offer, you know, potash, nitrogen, phosphates, uh sulfates, uh, even like seeds and other stuff.
1: Um they're they're huge in the industry. Yeah. They have that agribusiness side. So when the fertilizers were on the outs, which was the last couple of years, when all those prices were depressed, then I felt like their their agribusiness side at least gave them, you know, something consistent and solid that was producing. Because the farmers are still buying the seeds, but they just, you know, the the fertilizer prices were just, you know, yeah. too low. And I-
0: and now the farmers had the incentive with these higher prices to spend the money to grow as much as they can right so that's that's what's going to push up fertilizer prices which is up i think 25 30 uh, yeah. percent over the last uh you know three to six months or something like that uh so other other stocks in that group are, are cf and mos um right. C- cf is a is a local one for us they're out in Deerfield Illinois and uh and uh, Mosaic which has been around uh, for a long time and was one of the hottest stocks back in like 2008 right um, i remember them that as
1: the pot- last time that potash was soaring basically yeah,
0: yeah. so and i don't our- know i don't know if we have a repeat of that and these become you know the next hot group uh, I don't- but if you But it feels look- like to me though right so if you yeah. look at those charts from back in 2008 to 10 <laughs> those stocks were going crazy so yeah that would be fun to see them come back to life and uh i am when you look at these charts you, there are some support levels where i would love to buy but it they just don't want to come in especially yeah. with prices up here so i think the next kind of uh a down move you get uh i would i would think it'd be a buying
1: opportunity in that group okay Um, Switching over to the equipment side then, so we're kind of making our way through the whole farming industry here as we go along. Yeah, why Um, not? (laughs) Yeah, So, so obviously if you're fertilizing and all that stuff, you have to have equipment and all that. So then that brings us to deer as, you know, the number one in the group. But this is another case I feel where it's just taken off last year in 2020 and it's just on this huge run. And I've been waiting for the pullback in that and I'm not getting one. Yeah, I mean, and This looks, um,
0: I was just gonna say this uh, deer looks better than most uh, tech stocks. I know,
1: doesn't it though? Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's got the underlying fundamentals. I took a look at the earnings estimates for this year and they're surging. Um, You know, they are expected to make 1311. They only made 869. Last year, that's 50% earnings growth this fiscal year. So, you know, I, I know that they have both the construction side and the farming side. And as we were just talking, these farmers are going to be seeing a big jump in their income from the price that they're able to get on the commodity. And this is what happened in like 2010, 2011, when. Um, I don't know if you remember, but there was a a fun story, I think it was the New York Times, where they talked about how you didn't need to be an investment banker, you could be a farmer, because that's how much money they were making. And they literally showed like farmers buying like Mercedes and like all this stuff. But at the same time, they were buying all of that with their their great cash flow. They were also buying the new combines and whatever else that Deere and Agco are both selling so, like you know, those stocks did do really well in the last cycle as well, and now we're starting to see, you know, some similar uptick in demand. It's going to take a little while though, because the farmers, I mean, they've been in such a, a rough place. Yeah, for, they've been in a lot of pain for years. That's the thing.
0: Farming is such a cyclical business yeah. too. So it's, you know, and and deer. I just look at this chart. It looks great. It's a forty-five yeah. degree angle, basically up. Uh, for right. the year s- since the you know the march lows yeah. and you know it, you can't FOMO into this thing obviously this market's telling us that deer is going to have a great year in 2021 we have yeah. high grain prices we have stimulus checks coming we have easy money and there's just going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of people buying deer and uh, you know the other one that comes to mind is kind of like off the radar one is tractor supply um, yeah, that, that is kind of, I mean, they don't make the big, the big stuff, but it's kind of yeah. just like a retail store for farmers that they're also be spending a lot of money. It's a smaller company. It's like, yeah, I think it's a, a 15 or eight seventeen $17 billion, uh, company, but they got the growth and the, the chart on that one looks great. I'd be more willing to, to buy that one than chasing deer up here. Uh, just because, um, if, if things continue to look good into, you know, let's say June, um, the stock might already be turning, anticipating a weaker uh, 2022, you know what I mean? It's just, it's always way ahead of what you see in, in front of you uh, as, as far as DE goes.
1: Yeah, tractor supplies, ticker TSCO.
0: Yeah, TSCO, and that's a great stock.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, um, as you said, it is a play on if the farmers, again, have extra income they they will go buy the new boots and the clothes and whatever else you know tractor supply is selling with with that extra and they that they also did very well when the farmers were doing well back in the day too so yeah, yeah
0: i just checked my chart and it hit 52 all-time highs today so um yeah the momentum is is behind but the thing the difference between deer and and uh tractor supply like just from a chart perspective is uh deer has continued this up 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 where tractor supply has kind of consolidated and now is breaking so i think there might be um definitely some good reason to buy these all-time highs as opposed to deer which has a lot of room and and uh uh Technical support underneath, if if, if that makes sense. There's, yeah. there's a lot of lot of lot of room to fall for that one, um, okay. and you know anything can can happen to change that. Like I said, uh, soybeans were trading lower due to rains that came uh, this right. weekend. So if there's a consistent change to the narrative, um, we could see a uh, you know a couple limit down days in in corner beans, and then all of a sudden, uh, deer is off ten percent, just like that. You know.
1: Yeah. Okay. So advice to some people is to wait on the sidelines for yeah. a whole
0: yeah. lot. I mean, I just don't view these as tech stocks, right? They're not going to get away from you. <laughs> <Wouldn't> <laughs> they <think> just, so. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. And if, you know what, I'm OK. If I miss it, I'm OK be- with that. Because for the most part, the grain market and these stocks are, are usually boring. That's why people don't pay a lot of attention to them. They're always boring. But then once in a decade, something like this happens and they start to take off and they start to gain more eyeballs, more people are looking at them. And they can have these outsized uh, moves higher, Um, but I I, I still don't want to be caught on the wrong side of of the move lower. I'd rather have some cash to buy into like technical support than get caught up here. Um, So that's just my outlook on it. And if I miss the next 10% up, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with these kinds of trades, when it does turn, it it will be pretty swift and a lot of people are gonna be caught in it when it turns. Right.
0: Yeah. And you basically wanna be buyers when they're selling uh, because I do like the setup for the grades into uh, the rest of the year. So I just okay. don't wanna be chasing prices. I guess that's what it comes down to.
1: Right, okay, that's good advice. Um, one other area we haven't talked about yet could be an area where you don't wanna get in with all the prices at these highs. And that's on the food side, where they're using the the product and they have to pay these higher prices to use it. So a couple of those are like Ingredion, ticker I-N-G-R. They used to be called corn products. They're also here in the Chicago area. And Bungie, ticker BG, which is in St. Louis. They're both international companies. But Ingredion does the starch-based texturizers, they do plant-based proteins, and then they have the specialty sweeteners. And then Bunge is on the oilseed side and the grain products and ingredients side. And Bunge is big operations down in Brazil, I know. Um, but it seems like if those input prices are gonna be on the increase, that maybe I wanna stay away from some of these.
0: Yeah, and I think you can just take a look at those two charts and see who is being affected. Um, okay. I, INGR, uh, I, I don't know the ins and outs of their um, margins and how they're affected, but it seems okay. obvious by looking at that chart that they're impacted severely, because it's well, not running up like BG. And yeah. I think the biggest difference is um, perhaps the size of BG and or a company like Archer Daniel uh, ADM. ADM, yeah. Um, they have, uh, you know, ag processing as well to offset certain things. So perhaps, um, you know, I, one of the re, one of the stocks I, I've been looking at is ANDE. I'm very familiar uh, having spent some time with uh, uh, in, in, in uh, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. the Andersons. They're, yeah. they're located in Ohio. Um, and I, I, oh, I actually watch a lot of they do a lot of <laughs> their Twitter account does a lot of cool uh, commodity videos, just doing like a daily recap. So I I follow them a lot. So I was looking into that and I was reading a a report. Um, I forget what analyst or firm it was, but they were basically saying that margins still look healthy for processors, despite these uptick in uh, prices. (laughs) So that's something to watch with these guys. I I think, uh, you know, obviously we can tell from the chart, which ones are having issues with these higher prices, and that (laughs) it would be INGR. So I would shy away from it, even though it looks compared to the others, like there's some value there. I think there's something underneath the blanket there. um, That you know, having not looked at it directly, that could be an issue.
1: Yeah, they're, they're still down 14% over the last year, and have not obviously not retaken their pre pandemic highs yet. Not even close, but Bungie has. Moves
0: right. up 28% for the year, yeah. Yeah, and in INGR, it's below the 50-day moving average. It looks like today, actually, it kind of breaking the 50-day, which is below that 200-day. So, look, technically, from that kind of perspective, it just doesn't look great. Or, as opposed, you look at PG, it's it, uh, highs on Thursday and it's above the 21-day, which is the the momentum moving average that I look at. So, the momentum's still there. Significantly above the the two hundred, so the stock looks very very okay. strong
1: still. Okay, yeah, I know people. Bunge is a favorite of a lot of people. Um, on the Andersons, I haven't looked at them for a while. Do they still own that rail segment? Or yes. That, oh, they do. Okay, they do, so they still rails fertilizers and then don't they have
0: processing? Stores? They have a bunch of um, they have a bunch of uh, yeah, mills or processor okay. uh, and and. I think like they had four or five in the, in the in the Ohio area, maybe one yeah. in Michigan. Um but yeah, it's all in that the Toledo, Ohio uh area where I went to uh where college. Um they used to have two stores too, but they got rid of those um Yes, I knew stores.
1: this. They two closed two big them.
0: retail stores. Like yeah. they they kind of were like uh Targets before Target was a thing. Just oh. had a variety of everything. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a kind of a local Midwest based yeah. company. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, so it's kind of a smaller one if you want to. It is Right, right now, There's it's, the stock isn't showing much volatility, but it's kind of just trickling up. But this was one that was really hot back in uh, 2008. It was, uh, I think it was a 200 to $300 stock that had a lot of volatility and they split it. Um, and uh, I think it never, that was kind of the end of that run, right? It was <laughs> right after the split.
1: You do get a dividend with the Andersons. Looks like two point eight yield. That's not too shabby. Yeah,
0: which for all of these right now is I think is great because if you can grab a pullback, get this a nice little dividend where it's hard to find nowadays, and you can have this kind of tailwind going into the rest of the year of higher green prices, I I think it's a a real big positive for the whole uh, all the ag stocks.
1: Yeah, that the dividend is one of the reasons I like Nutrient as well. That is yielding three point four percent, which is yep. pretty nice. Even
0: yeah. after this nice run. I think when we yep. bought it, it was in the fours. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they, they were really trying to pay out that big yield to keep people invested while everything was in the outs, you know, because it was several years you were not doing anything if you were a shareholder there. So they were really, they are really a shareholder friendly company that way. So just something to keep in mind. Um, Okay, so we've kind of covered most of the areas I feel. Is there anything I'm leaving out that you can think of?
0: Well, you actually asked me about that real estate trust. So I looked into it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had actually never, i I never really looked for anything like this but i did find one uh the ticker symbol is fpi okay farmland yeah yeah, farmland partners okay okay and this is a a sp obviously a specialty re that um is basically just tries to own farmland and they own uh, over 150,000 acres in 16 states uh i won't go through all of them but states a lot of states in the Midwest, but even the Carolinas and Virginia, um, and uh, Alabama, Arkansas, California. But uh, the land is currently being farmed by over 100 tenants who grow 26 major commercial crops. So it's not just you know the the big three and wheat, beans, and corn. There's uh, other kinds of uh, stuff like fruits and vegetables, and uh, I assume tobacco if they're in the, in the Carolinas. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it pays out a 2% dividend. But if you look at the chart recently, it's really taken off. This was $9 at the beginning, actually under $9 at the beginning of the year, and now it's up close to 11 So somebody it has noticed.
1: 2021? Yes. Oh, wow. So, OK. So
0: just give you a bigger uh, move. So this was trading around $7 all of last year, and then it started to move up the end of November. So now we're at almost close to 11 That's a big move. Uh, and this all is derived from you know the higher grain prices are gonna make the farmland uh, worth more. So uh, people have found this ETF as, of late and they're piling into it. So an yes. interesting find there. I definitely did not uh, know this existed. So thanks for asking about that. And I did find another one um, that I couldn't find too much information about, but it's L-A-N-D, land. Okay. Um, I think they were more concentrated in the West Coast, uh, like Oregon, California, and I, I noticed a 3.5% dividend, so a little higher on the dividend. And um, I think they the concentrated more on the fruits and vegetables uh, uh, fa- farmers. But I, I yeah. didn't find a lot of information like I could. Uh, FPI has its own website that uh, gave a lot of information, uh, but land, I just uh, in the short time uh, could not find a lot of info. Okay.
1: that's good to know it gives you some uh other options if you want to go direct for the farmland
0: yeah i like i like the idea with that fpi not only because of the um uptick in in grain prices but also just as a as a real estate play uh any hard assets with the current economic situation of um (laughs) stimulus dollar devaluation um easy money is uh just a just major tailwinds for real estate so if if you're looking to get into something outside of the cities or even the suburbs you have farms and this is a ideal way to do it without actually physically buying a farm Um, so i would encourage you know i looked at this briefly so i would encourage just dig into this and um if you're interested uh and and just find every detail you can about it but it does look kind of cool
1: do we have any real analyst coverage on it? I'm I'm looking right now because I'm curious like how many analysts are actually on it.
0: On, F- on FPI?
1: FPI, oh, yeah.
0: I, I didn't know. I don't think so. Um,
1: we do have a rank. It is a 4, but that that's probably only because which is the cell. But that's probably only because we probably only have like one analyst on it or something well no but we have three estimates for the full year so that's more than i would have thought okay yeah
0: and you know i just typed it up the volume's pretty good it's already we're talking midday here and it's uh, 250 000 shares have traded so there is some liquidity and volume in there which is always a plus uh with these etfs <laughs> that's uh saying about those uh some of these grain etfs there's just like 5,000 10,000 shares a day and it's a big spread so if you go to buy you're you're giving up 20 25 cents on like On a $7 ETF and that's not that's not good you lose like a percentage point so that you got to be careful with that kind of stuff Um, but this one has volume and uh, Not a big spread. So if you want in You can get in so that's good and out. It's always important to get out be able to get out too. That's why you need that liquidity,
1: right? Good point um, okay. Well, I I feel like this is, there's something going on th- this year with agriculture. And obviously it had a good run in 2020 as well, but something has changed and it is starting to get on people's radars in a bigger way than it has in, like you said, in basically like a decade. So I feel like this could be an important area to watch here in 2021. And obviously, I've never done a show on it I, in the five years I've done this podcast so as like a straightforward one. I've covered some on the fertilizers or like just in general, but never you know um, something is actually happening with with the group. so yeah, this was good. This is like an interesting area to watch here,
0: yeah, and I would point out uh, one more thing with with all of this and and the general market. Um, we're we're kind of in unprecedented times here with with the stimulus that are coming and and the and the easy money and um, there's just a lot of uh, there's not a lot of precedent for what's going on so um, mm. these prices could just balloon and everything I'm telling you about buying pullbacks might never happen right. uh, but you know you know for me uh, most of my ninety percent of my job is is a trader so what I like to do is. Give myself good trade location, and right now, looking at all these grain charts, I just don't see that. So, uh, but keep in mind that um, during these unprecedented times, we can see unprecedented moves, and uh, before you know it, bitcoin Bitcoin, or corn could turn into bitcoin. (laughs) You never know. Yeah.
1: Um, it would, we could see those same New York Times articles again, that, you know, they're buying the the fancy cars. This time they would have to be buying like a Tesla, though, not not a Mercedes idea.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> okay. uh, send Tesla straight to 1,000. <laughs> those right. farmers start buying them. <laughs>
1: That's, right. That's right. Okay, um, let me repeat all the tickers we talked about, because there are a lot on this episode. So if you didn't get a chance to write them all down, now is your chance. So the three um, ways you can trade the actual commodities are uh, the soybeans, S-O-Y-B, corn is C-O-R-N, wheat is W-E-A-T, then we talked about the fertilizers, nutrient is N-T-R, mosaic is M-O-S, CF Industries is C-F, Then we talked about the equipment guys, Deer is D-E, Agco is A-G-C-O, and then we mentioned Tractor Supply, they're the only retailer here really, although Nutrien has a retail component in it as well, but Pure Play Retail is Tractor Supply, T-S-C-O. Then we talked about some of the food companies, Ingredient, I-N-G-R, Bungie, B G. And then we mentioned Archer Daniels Midlands, ADM, and the Andersons, which is kind of a mix of several of these areas. Um, Fertilizers, they do have that railroads, and then the processor side, A-N-D-E, is their ticker. And then we finished up with the farmland option. If you want to own the farm, you can uh, get in with some of these REITs with Farmland Partners, F-P-I, F as in Frank, P-I. And then the second one he mentioned, Gladstone, is L-A-N-D. So that's a lot lot a of good ideas here to start 2021. And so you want to be sure to subscribe to the Market Edge so you get our podcast every week because who knows what we may be covering next, um, given how crazy it's been over the last couple of months. So be sure to get us on SoundCloud. You can also get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're trying to get on Amazon. We may or may not be on there yet, but we will be soon. We're in India. You can get us there on several other podcast platforms there. I'm sure there's numerous other places you can get us, but be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks.